Welcome back to the MBH podcast, the most valuable podcast in the world. Today, we're all about value, okay? We got our guy, Zach Friedman, okay? This guy knows everything and everything and everyone that has to do with crypto, the metaverse, and NFTs. So if you're looking to learn about one of those three things, you come to the right place, okay? Enjoy the show. Shout out Bodog, we love you. This episode is presented by Bodog. Let's go. They know that I go flip mode when I bust the rhymes. Man's on a different thing when I told him a hundred times. I did a bunch of crimes and none of them were done for the vine. So you can take that bullshit and stick that where the sun don't shine. The summer's up, it's about to get real cold. Late nights in the studio with the bros. Welcome back to the MBH podcast, Money Buys Happiness. Guys, before we get into it, you already know what the fuck you got to do, all right? Like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you think. Any questions, ask the fucking questions. And of course, let me know if you made it to the end. Say, yo, Anth. Apparently now it's yo, Ant. No less. I'm okay with either name. You let me know. But let me know if you made it to the end. DM me, comment, whatever you want. Find my number. What's at me? I don't care. Love you guys. And also the Twitch, please. And subscribe, bro. Subscribe, <laughs> follow, whatever. Follow some fucking Twitch. You know, you know Discord, Twitch, bro. please. Snapchat, oh my TikTok. God. You know how many Instagram. fucking hours we've been There's some spent? gems in the Discord. Yeah. Oh, oh thank Discord. you. See? Kids are streaming. Come on. This is a value-packed episode. Yeah. Coming huge, here live. Huge. Zach Friedman. Yes. We ain't playing no games. All right. This is probably like, this is probably going to be one of our most valuable episodes when it comes to anything crypto, NFT, meta no it is it is 100 it is 100 the most valuable episode I, it hasn't even started yet and i already know it's gonna be happy uh, to have you bro yeah yeah happy appreciate you coming thanks for coming out yeah pleasure having a happy dad with the boys yes. cheers Salud. by the way cheers Salud. cheers so a great pod great drink Get a little sip in there ah that's nice so zach obviously there's a lot of shit we got to cover um but i think the first thing would be just to go over your story a little bit how you got into the space um, I know we were talking a little bit off camera, like your whole startup situation. We'll start there to give people a little bit of a background on you, some context, and then we'll get into kind of like crypto in today's day. All right, let's do it. Um, yeah, I think my, you know, fortunately, um, Genesis in the crypto space, which is, I guess, where I'll start from, uh, really started in 2016, um, was previously studying economics at Western University. I dropped out for a startup and, you know, for the few years before that, I was always very, involved in startups, started my first business, social media marketing at 16 years old. I was doing some event management um, and really kind of dropped out to pursue an opportunity to grow a mobile app and got really immersed into like growth mentality and framework, which was like a big part of Silicon Valley culture, like how to basically go from acquiring users, building network effect, building product, retention, acquisition. Um, so really just like the full stack. So kind of that combination of thinking was really, um, the company was acquired um, back in 2015 or 2016. I had some free time on my hands and that like mental framework around, you know, starting to think more relevantly about economics in the real world and then like networks. Um, crypto found me at the right time. I would say that cool. I, you know, was, was pretty like in an interesting period of my life trying to figure out where I want to invest my time. Um, found the Bitcoin white paper, dove down the proverbial rabbit hole, and it just kind of clicked. I had pretty much like immediate conviction, and I think this is a transformative technology. I think this is a transformative financial instrument. Um, and I learned at a young age that like the trends that I would jump on um, as an entrepreneur, it makes sense to swim, you know, upstream and and really work like 
it's, it's better to work hard in an easy industry than work hard in a hard industry. And I saw like, you know, everything evolving around me. So that's really, you know, what got me excited and got me going. Um, another kind of like foundational belief I have is to get skin in the game. So first thing I started doing was trading. How can I actually like learn more about this industry? I didn't know where I want to go yet. Um, started to trade naturally some like it was the wild west like yeah yeah uh if, if any of you listening or, or you guys really remember crypto back then everyone was still trying to figure out where to trade what is this how do i do it how do i make money we there were stories about people making 100x 50x on like projects new tokens um so the trading just led me to identifying some of those opportunities i built out uh, an arbitrage trading fund which was just like trading between different exchanges earning yield um, scaled up like a personal fund pretty substantially. And then I was actually looking at starting a hedge fund, which I didn't know much about. Um, but in talking to kind of like regulators and tax authorities at the time, especially in Canada, no one really understood anything. And they basically <laughs> told me like, stop, you're going to get in trouble. So I didn't want to cross any red tape. And I decided to like stop pursuing a fund um, and liquidate it, which led me kind of organically into the brokerage model, which is okay. the genesis of the next six years of my career in crypto. So yeah. I was presented with the problem of how do I liquidate, you know, six million, few million dollars of cryptocurrency. Um, and, you know, I wasn't able to really find that traditionally. So looked to secondary markets, realized they weren't efficient, uh, decided to build an OTC desk um, that started with really what I was telling you guys earlier, me and my partner are like, all right, there's an opportunity here. People need this service. You're either buying Bitcoin in a back alley or like <laughs> wiring money to Japan. Um, <laughs> Kraken, which was a Canadian exchange and banking in Japan because no one would touch it in like North America. Yeah. Um, so we went out to kind of build the infrastructure that was needed in order for people to access liquidity. And the thought process was, was really linear. If I can build liquidity in the space, then capital will come in. Capital brings talent. Talent leads to development. Development leads to innovation and innovation leads to adoption. Um, so I want to start at the beginning. That was the genesis of, of my first real business, Secure Digital Markets. Damn. Okay. So I want to go back yeah. quickly to the arbitrage trading between <clears throat> platforms because that, that was like a famous thing with Sam Bankman-Free, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Can you explain that a little bit, like that that whole system of how that worked? You're basically trading it just from one exchange to the next, but it was a little bit had higher value on one exchange than another one. Like, so because the industry was was immature and new, there wasn't any centralized pricing feed. You know, if you want to find the price of a good service, stock, commodity, um, because there's efficient markets today you can look towards different indexes or platforms to basically give you like a, a reference price or a benchmark price yeah, that okay. everyone agrees on. Like I want to buy gold. I, if I Google what's the price of gold, it'll give me one price that's, you know, pretty much efficient across the entire market. Yeah. In crypto, it was really based on supply and demand. So it was when and how much you could access at any given time. And different exchanges had different pricing or different, places where they drew pricing from or because of the order book, which is, you know, if you wanted to sell one Bitcoin, you're willing to price it at 3K, you know, I would be willing to buy it at, you know, uh, a different price, like that would change the price. So yeah. um, that was it. There was different exchanges. There was different, you know, liquidity on each one. Uh, I would basically trade between those exchanges, move over funds and, you know, earn a kind of a risk-free spread because I would buy and sell That's at the same amazing. time. amazing. 
all, all one exchange to the next. Yeah. So you're just making yeah. points on every trade just between the two. And and those uh, arbitrage spreads became massive when you actually looked at different countries. So somewhere like Korea uh, or even Nigeria, different countries like around the world had 10%, 15%. South Africa had 20% at peak. What, wow. what SPF did... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, was he basically took a team of, of MIT grads and Jane Street traders, which is where he was working previously. He was able to like go to Korea, sit down, mobilize the team and figure out that banking solution. Um, I remember seeing the opportunity looking into it, but you know, at the time I was 21, 22, like I didn't really yeah, yeah. have the capacity to figure out that problem, leave my life behind. For um, sure. Yeah. But, but it was there, it was prevalent and it was... Yeah. So was are those were those uh, manual trades mm. or automated? Uh, it started manual. I and built got automation. Automated? Yeah, Damn. had indicators. It would show me like when the price exceeded a thir- certain threshold, then it would execute, and I had to like move around funds. But and yeah. you built that? Yeah, that was yeah, you. Yeah. I uh, you, actually uh, had a, a guy I was living with. I'd just come to Toronto because I was at Western before, and I didn't have like a place set up. So I was living with him in his his condo for a few months. Cool. Uh, he was like a developer, and he basically. Uh, built the whole thing for me. Yeah. That's amazing. I was going to ask if you code. No. No, no you don't no. code, right? Pretty much deal with everything non-technical. Yeah, um, you're, yeah, non-technical yeah. Well, founder, judging yeah. from what you said about like you coming from even social media marketing yeah. and events, I would assume you were more like the face of the company and, and communications behind it. So, okay, so yeah. So, so, so then at that point, okay, you make some money there and then you say you want to um, essentially build out your own brokerage. So what is that process? How do you even get started there? That seems like such a massive task. Like, I'm like, holy fuck. Like, that's insane. Um, You know, in hindsight, I think I chose one of the hardest businesses to go into (laughs) in the space. Nice. Um, You know, in in more technical terminology, like we work on the buy side and sell side, trading a new asset class with like no systems, no infrastructure. Everything was manual. We had to build it on our own. These are problems that banks have been solving for For hundreds of years, trying to automate and build infrastructure. Um, we spoke to, you know, so many different service providers to try and get tech stacks or like infrastructure and no one knew their head from their ass. Like yeah. they couldn't really give us anything. So, um, I, I guess it, it did happen organically. Like we started by matching, like you wanted to sell five Bitcoin, you want to buy five Bitcoin, we'd pair you, uh, you know, we'd take a spread in the middle, risk-free negotiate like contracts, security, escrow, like KYC diligence, or just connect you to, um, to basically being, the liquidity provider on both sides. So where we could um, think of like Expedia for liquidity, we would basically take 10, 15, 20 over time it evolved, different like exchanges, dark pools, clients on either side of the market, bring the liquidity into a central order book and then trade like the best execution and pricing. So our sweet spot became people that wanted to trade high volume of digital assets, um, banks, ETFs, miners, uh, high net worth individuals, hedge funds um, that were looking to like, I want to buy five mil, 10 mil, 20 mil. How do I get the best market price? Well, we'll manage the order for you. We'll get you like, we're connected. We're onboarded. We have the banking set up. We'll deal with clearing settlement. And that took a couple years to build, but um, you know, it's led us to being really probably the leading in Canada and uh, one of the leaders in the world. So, so in terms of that, like, let's say I come to you and go, Hey bro, I want to fucking, I want to buy 10 million worth of Bitcoin. How long for you at this point does it take Does it take to find a seller? <clears throat> it's immediate. Or, I, I'll give you, I, oh. you asked me for a price if you're with that's amazing. a client to the firm. 
basically like calling up a bank or an FX desk. You want to travel, you want to buy USD and get yeah. Canadian dollars. It's just like that. Zach, I want to buy $50 million of, you know, Ethereum and $10 million of Solana. Yeah. Here's a price. Execute. Just how, like that. How eh? are you yeah. getting it out at the beginning? Because like that's <clears throat> that's pretty much network based. If you're talking about these guys that are coming to you with big, big amounts and stuff like that. That's all in your network. So how did you build that? Yeah. yeah. How did yeah. you build that? Um, listen, slowly but surely you build a few clients. I think fortunately, like we scaled word of mouth. I mean, especially in this market, I think I'm proud to say that since inception um, five plus years ago now, um, but zero downtime, zero lost funds, um, wow. you know, never been hacked, never lost client money, never had exposure to any of the crypto stuff. Like we've always just maintain strong risk management policies and you know been able to get it done yeah um and when you provide someone a good service and and i'll get into how the business has evolved it's kind of by proxy of that like you're exposed to um you know th they want to refer you to their friends they've had yes. a good service and what's interesting is like when people were trading crypto in the early days again our clientele were trading large volumes primarily they were trading let's say one to five percent of their net worth so if a client's trading a million dollars with us which was like probably an, an average client was i think like 700k was wow. like the metric we had yeah like typically their net worth is like 80 mil plus yeah, yeah so when they're satisfied with you with the service now they're coming to you for other opportunities they look at you as an expert like where can i find deal flow how else can i get involved in the space what education do you have so by starting with like a really specific service that we built out operationally we ended up building relationships and and really got thrust into the middle, mm. myself included, into like this family office, like royal family, sovereign wealth. You know, I, I, I've, you know, in the last five years, I've done a lot of cool shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I can and, imagine. And it has to do with that. And then, you know, we built out services around that. So started to help clients raise capital. We started to, you know, help projects with advisory, you know, get exposed to Fortune 500 companies, helped you know, seven or eight Fortune 500 companies um, with like long-term engagements. We work with like, you know, big four consultants, outsource clients to us now on blockchain strategy, on coming to market, Web3 integration. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's extended. So essentially like, uh, yeah, obviously that, that, you know, then that network opens up so many doors, especially you're talking about people, like you said, with 70, $80 million networks, there's a ton of business to do with them. But I'm, I'm curious, I, I want to go back quickly to, um, in terms of your business model, yeah. like if someone wants to, like I said, we'll go back to 10, we'll use $10 million in Bitcoin as an example. Um, are you guys essentially buying it for them first and that, or, or, or sorry, like taking their money first and buying for them? Or are you just literally like making a connection and then using your, uh, I guess, banking system just to make sure that it's a secure transaction? Um, we're basically executing on their behalf as kind of like an agent okay okay yeah. i see okay okay i see what you're saying essentially like so we're yeah we're we're basically just supporting them they come in um they're asking us to execute a buy order we're filling it on the other side and so i mean it's and just, we have a platform now so clients can come on and actually see their own like institutional it. pricing and yeah. so that that is or just APIs. like it's essentially like a security thing at the end of the day, right? They're using you slash your platform because these these are not- Service, pricing, navigation, like white glove. Like, you know, we work with clients globally. We're regulated in, um, you know, Europe, North America. 
in different jurisdictions, we can like execute, transact trades. Um, you know, we could support all FX currencies. Yeah. We can support all you know all of the kind of regulated cryptos um, that they might need. And in terms of growing to this point, did you guys ever take investment? Was it solely uh, from 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 your like from yourself from like what you did prior, or how did that work? Yeah. So so fortunately, um, you know, we built the business almost all organically. Um, the, the stuff I was talking about, the advisory is under a different name. That's GDA capital. Cool. The goal was to build kind of like to simplify, we wanted to build like Goldman Sachs of digital assets back okay. in the day. So like merchant bank 3.0, what would it look like to build like a merchant bank in the modern world that started with trading, um, but then started to expand into advisory investments, asset management, um, which now we have a lot of that today Yeah, because of the regulatory environment we kept it under two separate brands yeah. to keep it distinct. For sure. Um, but now, and like presently we're working on actually aggregating everything together under a new name, which I'm really excited about. Okay. Um, probably launching it in like three weeks. I think I could, I could talk about it here, but um, basically branded the company acronym, which is like a play of words on like alphabet, Google hold, Google's holding company. Yeah. Um, also, you know, DCG, FTX, a lot of acronyms in crypto. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, basically roll in all of our assets, which is, you know, we have five, eight figure, nine figure businesses under wow. the umbrella. Um, capital wise, we've, we, we took in, you know, th the first time we raised capital was for the brokerage at a nine figure valuation, which was cool. Um, wasn't, wasn't a massive raise, but it was a few million dollars. And, that's really all we've done to date across the entire thing. So it's been Damn. organic. Yeah, very organic. I wow. want to ask when it's it comes impressive. to even, you said you help like fund projects or, or I guess, does it matter mm. which project or it has to be like blockchain um, associated? We've, we've done like 40 venture investments Sick. between like 50 to 250K, nice. which is, I, I guess it's off our balance sheet. So it's, you know, kind of founder capital. We, we manage it a little bit like a family office style. Yeah. Um, those are strategic. They're not all crypto. Okay. Like we've invested into some funds, some fund to funds, some like, you know, deep tech, AI, like Shit. some some cool projects. Back to that network thing, we've been presented a lot of cool opportunities. Like, hey, there's this space company, there's this biotech company, <laughs> and it's like a client of the firm. So instead of all of us investing personally, we've, you know, collectively done it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or if we're investing into crypto, typically those people are clients of ours. So we found that um, like the model when we first started on the advisory side was mm -hmm. to like projects would come to us. We'd basically help them full service. Like you're launching a token. We'd help you with your tokenomics, your white paper, marketing, distributions, listings, you know, corporate development. We've helped them, you know, we've helped our clients get like premier league Jersey sponsorships. Sick. We were talking about the BitMEX yeah. thing. Uh, we've helped our clients get NBA Jersey partnerships. We've helped our clients get like, you know, massive event represent like everything wow. or, you know, distribution networks to retail. Yeah. We did a partnership, um, probably one of the largest crypto public private partnerships was between MindGeek, um, which is the largest adult conglomerate in the world. They own, you know, Pornhub and everything. Yeah. Uh, integration with a digital asset called Tron, which gave them distribution to Tron. 90 million users. Yeah. yeah. Like all over where we'd come in, how can we support the project? Um, you know, we take a retainer, but then we realized a lot of the work we're doing is, you know, making these projects really explode. No shit. Um, yeah. So we're like, <laughs> now we kind of, and we built up capital in the firm. So now we're going to invest and, you know, Skin help in take the it game. to the next level. 
there you go. That's the skin it, in the game. So it's a funny you think you mentioned like even just the the way that you kind of had the two separate businesses essentially the brokerage and the advisory firm. Um, and the clients were were the same. Like we yeah. helped tokens with their treasuries and with their trading. Like you know, if you were a token, you raised twenty million dollars in an ICO or an NFT project. You raised five million dollars. You know, now you're sitting on five million dollars of Ethereum, right? If the price fluctuates 10% in a day, you lose 500 grand. How can you run a business like that? Yeah. yeah. You need to have, you know, a partner and, and treasury management's not your game if you're like a creator or an influencer or yeah. like yes. a game developer. So people rely on a partner like us on the other side, on the brokerage side, we'll help you launch, but then we can help you, you know, manage that hedge, pay people you need to diversify, etc. We interrupt this podcast to bring you the most important message of your whole entire existence. Okay, the fucking team at Bodog is continuously firing off new shit every single week. But this week, I want to let you guys know about something that I've been appreciating a lot, actually. They got jackpots dropping every single hour guaranteed on all the casino games. Damn. You're on at 2 p.m., boom, jackpot dropped. Every hour? You're on at 3 p.m., boom, jackpot dropped. 4 p.m., 5 p.m., every damn hour, a new jackpot guaranteed. It's absolutely ridiculous what these guys are doing. They're literally changing the way online casinos do what they do, and they're, they're applying the pressure. Wow. So, you know what comes from pressure? Diamonds. You know what comes from diamonds? Bulldog Casino. Wow. Yep. You know what comes yep. from diamonds? Money. Okay. Yep. You know what Bulldog wants to give you? Money. Boom. All right. They're offering a $400 welcome bonus to all our Canadians right now that sign up. All right. 50 free spins. And they're going to match up to 400. I got to say it again because it they'll again. match up to 200. They'll match up to 300. They don't care. Yep. 50 free spins. And when you're betting with Bulldog, make sure you use crypto. Yep. Okay, because it makes it super easy. Mm. Super easy, super fast. Mm. Those are two things I like to be. Super easy, super fast. Money in, money out. You blink, the money's in. You Give blink, me the, money. the money's out. That's it's it. It's crazy. Bodog, we love you. Let's get back to this episode. Dude, were you ever were you ever scared, like from a regulatory perspective, <clears throat> like operating this business? Because it's just like as much as you would like to be by the book there's not really a book yeah we've we've had to operate in the spirit of the law since day one the spirit um, of the law i like, I like that. that yeah i like yeah, that like like what what would this market look like you know like better safe than sorry yeah. um yeah, so okay. we've you know we we communicate openly with the regulatory agencies we've spent you know far too much on lawyers like i, <laughs> I was building a deck actually for for something with my company i put all the law firms we work with there's like 13 of them Jeez. across the world there's like crazy you know it's 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 insane but it's it's part of it and it ends up building a lot of i guess like a moat which is it would be very difficult for competition to to come in and match what we do without you know 10 plus million dollars of investment Jeez. into regulatory capital in a couple of years so that, that's that's the beauty it's like of a business like business protector. Yeah. yeah, that's the beauty of like having thirteen fucking uh, law firms on your fun. thing. It's not fun. My yeah. life became at a certain point dealing with lawyers, and <laughs> which is like super expensive. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you come out of it on top. Like you're in a good position because, like you said, that's the moat that you have around your business, where it's like not many people. Even even outside of the money, like it's the hours of fucking conversation, and sometimes you're leaving these conversations. Like we've had it too with lawyers, we're just like, 
What did, did we you even, just choose me for six really hours? Talk yeah. about? Like, <laughs> By working with 13, it's taken me talking to 30. Like, yeah. There's, yeah, a, lot, yeah, there's exactly. a lot of people that are, they don't know what they're doing. I've had to educate lawyers. I've had to educate regulators. You know, we've been on the call with like the senior most professionals in a certain industry, um, can't, you know, and, and different agencies in Canada. And like, you know, they've tried to tell us something. We're like, no, like that's not because <laughs> it's, it's so, they probably don't even know. About and then it, they're yeah. like, you know, they'll be hesitant, but then like they'll come back and apologize. Like, actually, yeah, you're right. You were right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you, do you think like, is, is the goal for crypto? Cause I heard Kevin O'Leary talking about this. He said the goal for it at the end of the day is to have it regulated. Like and, and institutionalized is, is, is like, necessary, right? I think if if one thing Canada did well, us sitting here, I can, you know, say is that this whole recent FTX debacle, three hours capital, like crypto contagion, because Canada was a very aggressive um, regulator due to what happened previously with Quadriguff. You guys followed that. We had yeah. one of the largest exchanges uh, go bust a few years ago um, through a uh, you know supposed fraud and lost funds. They cracked down. We saved, like, all these exchanges aren't in Canada. FTX wasn't None of in them, Canada. Yeah, yeah. That saved one of the, you know, third, fourth largest retail market in True. the, you know, the East to kind of, in yeah. the West to, to be, like, protected here. Um, we're, we're lucky. So, listen, regulatory guidelines gives you a framework to build. So, yeah. So again, that so then, yeah, you think that that's the future. There's got to be regulation. Talking about, right? There's bad actors like influencers. There's creators. There's people that came up in Web3. They've solicited investment. Half of them didn't know better. The other half didn't think they'd get in trouble because everyone else was doing it. Hmm. You know, when there's no rules, it's kind of hard to to live and operate. So I'm, I'm pro-regulation. It's, okay. you know, it's it's not fun, but yeah. it's it's part of the... Part of the journey. It, it's it's how it grows to the next level. I remember That's we got that Binance it. message. Remember? Yeah, you're, we're out of Ontario. Yeah, we're out we, of Ontario. We were in Mexico. We're like, oh my god, take out the money. Yeah, we yeah. had money. Take out like, the money. Bro. You probably have a lot of like, like you said, a lot of projects coming your way, a lot of tokens, coins. What do you what do you think the difference is between a, a first of all, but between a project you would take and not take? Because I'm sure you're picky at yeah. this point with what you take on, and one that succeeds and one that doesn't. What, what do you find the differences there? Um. So at this point, we probably see like 300 projects, like a quarter, like 100 projects a month approximately oh, wow. that like we actually look at review or like well-referred. Um, I think it's just going back to foundational principles of like what makes a business successful even in Web2 and in the current world. There's been different cycles where if you just had like the right thematic project, like, oh, you're in play to earn and this is an emerging bubble, like let's work with five of you. One of you is bound to blow up because, yeah. you know, it just it didn't matter as much. Um, but right now, like if there's one thing that a bear market does that I'm, you know, uh, appreciative of is it shakes out the kind of bad actors and like the mm -hmm. hype beasts and the people that are just there to like make a quick buck. Yeah. And the people who stick around and are building are the ones with legitimate projects, teams, backgrounds. Um, so it allows you to like, you know, really lock down into like who's here for the right reasons um, it, it's funny, like not to, not to cast any shade. Like I've, not do it, bro. I've been part of the, <laughs> I've been part of some of these like, you know, uh, hype trains before, but it's like, there's like the promoters turned like PP salesmen turned like, <laughs> like crypto token <laughs> launchers turned like web three NFT project guys. And like, you know, they're not serious. They're there to make a quick buck. They use their network. They like come, they're loud. They're like all over the place. They have marketing skills, but 
it's it, it doesn't help the space in the long term and, yeah you know some of them made money great some of them are my friends even better but like <laughs> <laughs> yo we never yeah. did that eh we never did it, bro. We were a, close. You though. probably thought of it. For we, sure, we, we thought yeah, about we, it. For sure. We thought about a fucking. Yeah. We thought about a, a project, a coin, something for so long, but ultimately we knew that we know fuck all about the space, and unless we were going to bring someone in who could help us, it's actually in the long term going to just fuck up our brand. Listen, there's there's two ways to look at it. Like it's also opportunistic. Like some people came in and then they they abandoned ship. Other people like stuck it out and they see the the long-term value in the space and they're trying to actually promote the ecosystem. Um, not everything's a win. Like I've tried a ton of stuff in my career, like to get to where I am with my businesses, we've tested and tried all sorts of things, tried to build a white label NFT marketplace. We tried to build like a few different web three companies. We've worked on iterations, but yeah, yeah. Gotta, you got to spend money. You got to lose sometimes to, to get to the next level. Always. I have more failures than, you know, most people out there. That's what's allowed me to be successful. Yeah. Not a lot and it, it hurt, doesn't hurt any, like it doesn't hurt any less when it's money that you're losing. I'll tell you right now. Dude. When it's money, that's the loss. You learn real quick. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've had some bad days, but. Yep. Okay. So we're continuing the story here. So um, when, when do you kind of, okay, first of all, do you have a team around you when you're doing this, when you start? Yeah, so I started really with one partner. Okay. Um, you know, our goal was to just like get up and running as quickly as possible. We, um, I think I was telling you guys earlier, like our first office was some like <laughs> three hundred square foot dingy spot. I love in, that. In I love China those stories. I love that. Yeah, it was really That's like amazing. you know take that like Bezos Amazon picture. Yep. Like we really lived that. We had uh, we were right between like a hairdresser and like an abandoned like. <laughs> you know, old antique clothing store that, you know, no one would ever buy or wear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at that point you're like making trash. money. You're making money at that point. We were enough to we get the office. It's like a thousand bucks a month. <laughs> there you nothing. go. We just, we wanted a spot. Okay. Painted the walls like with whiteboard paint. That was our most expensive, like expense at Yo, the time. We did, we did yeah, that. We did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Started to like put these deals on the board, like these multi-million dollar <laughs> deals, like that we were working on, on the side. It was, it was really like out of a movie. It's great. We have some, some good pictures from back in the day. Um, so I was with my partner, David, who was, you know, warmly introduced from, uh, a close business connection. And, uh, from there, yeah, it was organic, like pretty cool. But our, our first hire was, uh, our first intern was, um, a kid I knew from university. He was pursuing dental school at the time. He was going <laughs> nice. to be a dentist and he'd like known about crypto. We talked about it back in the day. Cause there wasn't a lot of people to, to communicate with. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Like, like come work with me. Like this, this is pretty exciting. Like there's some cool stuff happening. And he's like, you know, like I'm studying for my dental exam, but like, <laughs> I'm like, come by the office one day. He's like, all right, like, let me work with you for two months. He, as our first employee, three years after the fact, we ended up making him like a granting him co-founder status. Cause wow, cool. that stuff's important to me. Like he really Same. was there since, even though it was only four, like four, three months in, he was there from, you know, ground floor, yeah. built up the business. Like, took things under his wing, like wouldn't be here without him. So, yeah. um, you know, putting that back, like I've learned from poor experiences in my past with poor leaders that like, you know, I believe in taking care of the people around you, like your family at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, yeah, business. yeah. So if you want someone to treat the business like it's their own, you got to, you got to make it that way. Like you, you skin you, in the game, skin yeah. in the game. Exactly. And, you and, want it. They want it too. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Everyone's the CEO of what they do, right? Yeah. It's like, you're the CEO of marketing. You're the CEO of content. You're like, how can you make this better? And, and what I've learned over time is to hire, you know, active people, not reactive people. They, they serve a place, like people who can like build operationally, 
but it's I want people that are better in the certain department that can master their niche and like build things forward because we're we're going so fast like you know yeah. we're 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 scaling like we're all over the world you know we're we have 15 different departments like you need someone who really can like master where you want to go with the finance with the marketing with the sales with you know legal with credit with different products like certain point most of the people in my team are way more qualified than i am See? at you know yeah. doing the different tasks that's that's the big point ego aside though you got to put your ego aside and you got to exactly bring people on the team who know more than you about whatever it is that they're being brought on for the, so the, you, you and your partner were doing he was doing the development you're saying uh no we had no no one technical for the oh, first okay, little bit okay. he was a ceo i was a coo and you know in most it's it's funny because in all other business environments I would be in, I would be the guy who was like the CEO and sales oriented, but he was just like a master. He's, you know, yeah. had 10, he's 15 years older than me, had a lot more experience than I was. Um, I learned a lot being like 10,000 10, hours in the office next to uh, him. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. Learned a lot from him, yeah, yeah. So I guess you were doing some sales, uh, some sales at the same time? Yeah, like yeah, you were, yeah, you were doing it. it was us. It I was mean, us I'm, I'm like just sales. asking because it was probably hot, like, to be even, honest, even that year or those years was still, it's a hard sell because no one knew about, like people still don't know about that space. Listen, I, I embraced fake it till you make it. Did you do it? Like, okay, I love 100%. it. hundred percent. I love I, it. I would sell stuff before I knew how to do it. I'd, I'd hear a word on a call at like 11 a.m. or like a phrase and I'd be like, oh, like that sounds good. Yeah. I'm going to use that at my call at 12 p.m. Yeah, and I'd like yeah. say some shit that like, you know, made us sound more credible or better. And then I'd be like, oh, um, I'd be like, yeah, we have everything ready, blah, blah, blah. We had no, I just like used buzzwords and I'm like, okay, we have an opportunity. We got to figure it out. Like, <laughs> so, so like, that's amazing, dude. You're making these calls, but in that moment, like, like who, like, A, how are you even finding these potential clients? And like, you know, like, what does that sales call even like sound like? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm, established credibility you know we built a network of brokers people would start to look for us it was it was like a you know whatsapp shit show there was like <laughs> everyone if you guys have ever been involved in like over-the-counter markets there's a lot of like nonsense fake deals floated around all the time where people are just trying to make a quick buck so that's what it was it was like i have a deal i'm gonna shop it to everyone i know because there wasn't like established channels it was like i'm gonna ping people i know who are well connected Yo, do you know someone who buys crypto? Yo, do you know someone who buys crypto? Uh, yeah, maybe. Let me contact my guy here. And you'd like end up being on a call with yeah. eight people. None of them are connected to the buyer or seller. <laughs> yeah. And like you're all, everyone's trying to negotiate like commissions and referrals. That sounds like PPE to me. No? Same, yeah, same, same, same deal, early crypto. <laughs> yeah. Then you build relationships. Yeah, you figure out yeah. who's legit. You sift yeah. through like this guy's, you know, an idiot. This guy actually knows what he's doing. <laughs> was yeah, there any okay. like, was there any like big L's that you took earlier on? just wasted time but i think it's all you know come full circle like you know it's you a can, lesson like you you might have to talk to a hundred i i guess like joker brokers that's what we call them <laughs> before you find like one one diamond in the rough but yeah. like my some of the people that i make the most money with today um are guys that i met five years ago on through some of those like ridiculous chains and just yeah, crazy you need chats like and five <laughs> to 20 good people. That's, you know, that's all yeah, you need and to you build stick like with a solid network. Yeah, and at that point, like, how are how are you staying educated in the space? Obviously, you're in it every day, but but I mean, it's a space that changes a lot and, and a lot of new things are coming uh, still new, right? So how how did you stay on top? Sleepless nights. Uh, <laughs> well, fuck, I, I assume so. Yeah. I, I had to quit trading at some point. Like I was, because I was doing all this while trading, trying to build the business. And like, 
you know, crypto markets don't stop. And these were still big swings. Like I was making really good money just like trading the crypto on the side. So, you know, it's, I was in like communities, like Slack channels, Discord chats, Telegram chats, like also just news and media. And it was still pretty inefficient. Like you could uh, gauge how the market would react. Like even in like 2018, after doing this for a couple of years, it would be like, oh, it's payday in the US. That means that like, you know, money's gonna come into Coinbase because crypto's hot here and the price of Bitcoin is going to go up on like every second Friday of the month. There was like easy to play. Like that's how easy you can read it at that time. Yeah, that's or like crazy. this exchange <laughs> listing and it was inefficient. So people were like, you know, hacking into <laughs> servers, looking at code bases, what tokens about to be listed here. I mean, it was, it was like the Wild West. It was, Fuck. yeah. And then just being in fucking discords and shit like that mm -hmm. where you could just get that early information. Yeah. Damn, just, that's it, crazy. When you when you talk about crypto like years ago, I haven't just, gone just, back this far in a long time. It just trips combo, me out, yeah. you know, because like there's still so many people to this day that still don't know about that industry or don't know enough about it to get into it. You know, like I think I think now that we're in 2023 now, I think there's a lot of ways that people can get totally educated. Different. Yeah, everything I'm talking about is a lot long in the like past. if someone wanted to get educated right now, like what would you recommend to them? <clears throat> I think that it's it's a lot more mainstream, like you know. Educational access just at your fingertips. Like there's credible websites, there's educational guides, there's content guides. Um, I again, I think you got to understand in the core of blockchain and Bitcoin to really like, or or Ethereum to really dive deeper. And you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like you guys use the internet how often? Every every, second. every fucking two every day. Seconds, yeah. Yeah. Statistically, people use the internet about fifty percent of their day, wow. right? Which is fun. Can you guys yeah. describe to me how the internet works? You know, great question. www dot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so like the protocols and an infrastructure that underlie the internet are technically complex, but we're able to use it and we trust it because it's been around a long time. It like it's yeah. mainstream adoption. You don't really care. There's also no reason for you to like blockchain is as a technology technically complex. The only reason people started to like immerse themselves and learn is because you could actually invest in the infrastructure. Facts, yeah. So yeah. that was like the difference, but it's still not meant to be like, you know, really digested in, in layman's terms by the majority okay. of the population. So that's fair. It's it's like you can be selective of what you want to learn yeah. and just understand the apps and the tooling and like take things for granted. It, it depends how deep it's you just, want to go. It's, it's legitimate, legitimized enough where you could just like trust it. Just say, okay, this is the, I mean, well, uh, fuck, depends, FTX, depends who FTX. you ask, but, but I, I want to, I'm <laughs> curious, know? I'm curious what your thoughts are on uh, web three and, and more specifically the metaverse. I interrupt this podcast for a very important announcement. We are here to talk about the world's number one seltzer, hard seltzer, happy dad. All right. For all my Americans out there, you can have it too. Okay. We got it in California, New York, Texas, Florida, fucking everywhere. Okay. So go to happydad.com slash find, put your little zip code in there and it's going to show you all the stores that have it, all of them, whether they're nearby, close by far, whatever you decide. They got gas stations. Everybody's got it. Okay. So put your zip code in, go get some happy dad and let's get back to the fucking show. I've been, I've been thinking about the metaverse for a long time. Um, my partner and I, like during the course of all of these, like these two core businesses that we we're doing back in, in 2018, um, we were, we, we started actually one of the world's first metaverse startups, uh, okay. metaverse group, which was yep. pretty cool. So we, um, started to look at like 
NFTs through CryptoKitties and, you know, what was happening, Etherox and like yeah, yeah. As, as an interesting concept. And we kind of divided it in two. We looked at like collectibles back then, at least collectibles and then like metaverse real estate. And okay. we thought that this like virtual land grab, which did have its its rise, we thought that was like a, a vertical we wanted to bet on. So we started the world's first like virtual real estate company. Um, we were one of the first guys to to brand and market it. Like to this day, we own like every metaverse domain, metaverse yeah group metaverse capital and metaverse ventures like it's you just google it you guys just start popping up yeah we were number one on google interesting um and we hold one of the largest portfolios of metaverse land in the world still we were um if you guys remember at a certain point there's like a two million dollar land purchase yeah um that was us that did that we sold land to celebrities we have broker transactions okay um we also hosted the the fashion week metaverse fashion week so it's been uh you know Hold like, on. Okay, what does that entail? Hold on, I gotta understand. So you <laughs> so, buy. So yeah. you were the you were the fucking lunatics that bought the the two million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what the fuck do you do with it? Like, what? first of all, how does even yeah. the purchase happen? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. This is one specific niche of the metaverse. This is like metaverse land, which you know is is virtual real estate. Metaverse yeah. as a term is kind of all encompassing. Like to me, I'll say that metaverse in- includes, um, you know like games web3 connectivity haptics like vr ar um haptics is like you know like actual hardware um the actual goggles like it's the game designs it's 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 really like all-encompassing and how it's used as a term today it's really like the future immersive you know place where we you know live play work um okay etc um this like metaverse in the real estate context was just, you know, one niche we want to, to double down on. Um, so there's kind of like different worlds that were created. Uh, the primary ones were Decentraland and Sandbox that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. had the most notoriety. Um, and those plots of land were being sold. They're, you know, on the blockchain, they're marked by an NFT for your ownership. You can then develop on that. Um, so we built like basically like a, real estate investment trusts like a REIT framework where okay. we would buy land we would lease it um we have you know fortune 500 tenants so we just how can we earn revenue and Crazy. show a use case Crazy. um like we let's say the example we bought the two million dollar plot of land there's a marketplace you just you know you can go online and buy it like open sea or yeah. or privately um our business can help if you want to look private like for it's a parcel or something okay cool correct um we built like we ended up buying like a metaverse real estate development company, Metaverse Architects, which is <laughs> cool is, to say. Yeah, it's, cool to say. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking unreal. When this was happening, this was really like out of all the things I did in crypto that I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm like, did I really just host like a fashion week in the metaverse with like, like 600,000 people? Like what? I, yeah. Is, okay. Hold on. You, you, changer, you say dude. you say you have Fortune 500 tenants. Yeah. Okay. How? Who? How? So when? we went after fashion brands like there was um, Forever Twenty One, Tommy Hilfiger, Etro, like people that participated. There's 30 fashion brands that participated in Fashion Week in the metaverse, and our goal in putting this on with Decentraland with some other partners was to showcase the like utility of the metaverse. So like an early stage, um, you know, there was some. We also hosted some concerts. Like we built a stage. We did, uh, you know, um, a 
part uh, a show with like Dylan Francis and Steve Aoki. We had Blau. We had that's crazy. Uh, a bunch of DJs DJing in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it was too early. Like we just wanted to show some some use cases. We had a whole like party in New York uh, during NFT NYC. Our partners um, did, and then we streamed it on our land. Like there was. We we're, were having yeah. fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook blew things up a little bit with their meta announcement. Meta, meta yeah. Brand, yeah. Made it exciting. Um, and then you know now it's now it's quieted down, but we still have like a big trajectory for helping clients like build casinos in the metaverse, buy land, build experiences, like work wow. on. So you think you don't think it's dead? You think that that's like a, just an avenue that an arm that hasn't reached its full potential yet? I. I'm a big proponent of like the metaverse being a trillion dollar market opportunity. Yeah. Like, again, I think that conferences, school, work environments, like customer service, um, like, you know, the ability to like showcase tour properties, play games, like all, all be in an immersive environment. What metaverse that is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like website traffic, like people will go. So where you have so you have this two million dollar piece or parcel, yeah, and it's just it, what is it? Just a massive parcel? Is that why it's two mil? We bought the fashion <laughs> district, and that's what we're doing. Oh, so we have oh, like, okay, okay. Wish I could show you guys a video. We have like that's what I was gonna ask. Like, yeah. where is this? Where what area is it the in fashion that? district? Okay, so okay. That we thought like uh, fashion and gaming would be, and like gaming, like gambling, gaming would be like the two biggest Big ones. Uh, yeah. categories. We want to focus on fashion. That's so sick. Yeah. That's, that's that's insane. Crazy, bro. So and then okay, so I guess you're leasing it out, and then this person has access to that land for a certain amount of time, monthly. Yeah, um, we basically just <laughs> yeah. That's fucking. That's fucking But like about, you know, we, we just like set the price. We're like, yeah, it's. I was gonna X say there's there's nothing the, to go off. X of. percent of the retail value of yeah. the, the land per month is what we're gonna do. We'll do a three six month contract, three month contract. Uh, we'll build you a boutique. This is the price for the design hours. You can showcase market sell clothes and most people got roi because the first people to do it yeah were the yeah. ones that got the biggest like media splash like millions of views yeah you said you sold to some celebrities um yeah i did a deal to uh to take off we sold him some land in sandbox we did uh i sold um it wasn't land but i uh helped basically do the wu-tang clan if you guys know of their course. their lost album um oh, no, like, yes yeah yeah, yeah. So they had like a set this their seventh album that was it never uh, came out that never Damn. came out and they sold it at auction to this guy Martin Shkreli. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was like the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical. bad boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He had like a super notorious history. He was like marking up like necessary drugs, uh, <laughs> like Jesus. three tr fucking yeah, three trillion like thousands percent. and thousands of dollars that were like uh, I, I believe it was AIDS drugs or or something diabetes drugs. Or something. Diabetes drugs. Diabetes drugs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he had a super bad rep. He bought this and he, you know, was like, I'm never letting anyone listen to it. It's kind of the original, like <laughs> yeah. the first NFT sale, but in a real context where it was like, I'm the one that owns this. People know it and no one's ever going to hear it like yeah. or see it. When he went to jail, he got indicted. The DOJ seized the album as an asset that was worth a few million dollars. That's crazy. I got contacted by um, basically... Uh, the, these guys that had access to rebuy this at auction okay. from the DOJ. Cause like, what do we do with this album? Of course. So I helped basically structure broker turn into an NFT and we worked with a couple partners. Um, <laughs> I was, I was like a little bit behind the scenes on it for the majority of the transactions is super sensitive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, helped basically facilitate 
everything ended up, uh, you know, it was covered in like the New York Times and, and yeah. a few like cool places. But yeah, that was a cool, a cool deal to be a part of That's for sure. Sick. I, I want to speak a little bit to just like what's currently going on with crypto. Um, I mean, obviously we're in the, the bear market, whatever. I don't want to go too deep into that. I want to go more <clears throat> into just like a couple things that have happened. Um, I mean, FTX is the obvious the yeah. obvious standout <clears throat> thing because it's just it's still going on. Yeah. Um, maybe for someone who doesn't necessarily understand what's going on, what's like a quick way to explain kind of what happened and then maybe just then your take on it? <sighs> yeah. Uh, I know that's summary, hard to say. No, it's, no, it's, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> basically, you know, I, I think that uh, people need to differentiate first to understand that the decentralized nature of digital assets and cryptocurrencies and then centralized players. So okay. um, you don't necessarily need guys like FTX to operate within the ecosystem, but like any market or any like <clears throat> people like, um, you know, ease. So FTX is an exchange that helped build, you know, an interface and experience um, that allowed people to buy and sell crypto in an easy way. Not so different than we do for institutions, but they did it in a retail way. They had a fan, like an, a massive brand. They had celebrity influencers, Steph Curry, Tom Brady. Um, they were like a very big, pivotal part of the ecosystem for onboarding and bringing in retail users. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a proponent of, of exchanges, but they had you know several million customers. They had billions of dollars of assets on deposit. Um, there was basically two two sides of the business. We were talking about BitMEX earlier, like that's how Alameda kind of got its rise through trading. Yeah, there was like the family office hedge fund trading arm of what uh, SBF was doing, and then there's FTX, which was the exchange. Um, one was his personal assets, and the other one, you know, contained client assets. Um, at a certain point in time, during another kind of crypto collapse of three arrows capital, another multi-billion dollar hedge fund that, you know, over leveraged and, uh, lost funds through, you know, a stable coin. It's, it's, it's hard to go over this quickly. Yeah. No, 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 diving no. into definitions. Um, they lost money and basically at that point in time, like whether it was intentional earlier on speculative, I don't know. I have my theories. I won't go into them, but they basically, uh, were presenting an opportunity where, it was either let their uh, Alameda research fail because um, it seems they blew up because their you know positions were underwater, um, but instead they actually borrowed against FTT that they were holding, which was the token of FTX, to bring money that was customers' money into Alameda to keep them afloat. So wow. they combined two businesses in a fraudulent way took mm. money off the platform to try and save their ass. Um, On the other side. Ended up being exposed, came to light in the media, through their balance sheet, through um, you know people mentioning it like CZ and Binance. And that kind of caused things to implode is kind of the <laughs> so, simple way to put it. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. There's... Alameda, the like trading, the arbitrage trading that he's doing and all that stuff, yeah. which is like Sam's personal assets. Investments, trading. Investments, trading, yeah, exactly. yeah. Other side of it is FTX, the brokerage. People are just buying and selling crypto on Correct. there. That was, which was a People's healthy money. operating which was, It was business. doing its own thing. Yeah, yeah, everything was going well there. He fucked up on the personal side, over leveraged. 
So then he basically borrowed he borrowed money against the FTX coin. Again, yeah, he borrowed money against investors' money, which was a yeah, large part of the treasury of what they were sitting on, and then basically used like basically a loan that like wouldn't have passed any proper risk analysis. Yeah, he like okay. gave to himself. He took a loan from his own business to his personal, essentially, essentially. essentially. Like I'm essentially. just trying to make yeah, it yeah, easy yeah, for yeah. someone to understand. He took a loan, <laughs> yeah. He, he, essentially, yes. took a loan from his from FTX to keep his personal shit afloat. Correct. Instead of taking a 10 bill L, he risked everything. He figured he could make it back. He thought the market cycle would change. Thought he'd have opportunities because they've they've been ahead of the curb. Like they're so Forever. close to everything. They've yeah. been able to like. They have all know, the insider information, all exactly. this shit. They, they have like the widest network and net and they've had a ton of success in, in all so, their investments. So then that came to light in the media and people ran for the exit, essentially. Mm -hmm. These tokens are a little bit like a belief system, right? Like yeah. all currency is in a way. It um, is, yeah. And, you know, as soon as like what happened came to light, people realized there was potential for insolvency. You don't want to be caught holding the bag. Everyone runs for the doors then like, you know, it starts the chain reaction, which yeah. causes, you know, every asset. And, and they were so pivotal to the ecosystem. There was like hundreds of projects they were invested in. There was like big ones that had smaller projects like Solana built on top of it that, mm -hmm. you know, really we saw everything from like token contagion to, um, you know, the price of major cryptos falling, which tanked NFTs, talking to like treasury management, projects that had raised like two, three mil in their bank that didn't know what, like what was happening lost two All mil overnight. Yeah, yeah, whatever a yeah. million dollars. Like crypto goes down. So now, how do you you know you you expected you have three years of runway now you have three months like yeah just to stay afloat. So, it, but do you, do you think that if <laughs> I mean this would just be a, a complete it's completely like if do you think if that doesn't make the news that he that he takes this loan and it doesn't it doesn't go public? Do you believe that? Maybe there's a chance he actually Makes pays back. back that loan and and FT and everything. Well, I'm sure he doesn't want to be in the same. position he's in now. No, no, but I'm Listen, saying like, is it's, there? It's 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 gambling. It's a gamble. That's like a, not yeah. a gambler's fallacy, but it's like it's the same um, thing that happened in a Ponzi scheme, right? Like everyone kind of starts out with good intentions. Like you know, Bernie Madoff had a very successful trading. I just business watched his, his, his Netflix business. thing, yeah, um, and you know, he probably had some years where he did amazing returns, but then. He had a bad year, a bad month. He's worried about his reputation. So he tries to cover that up by like telling you he still made money, even though he lost money, hoping he's going to make it back. The market shifts. You can't always control. It's like, you know. I think that, I think also like the everyday person is just worried about is it, can this happen to other markets, other exchanges? Like, is this something that they should be worried about moving forward or is this a one off? Yeah. So, listen, it's never a one off. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a fast moving market. Things are also happening for the first time, right? We're not going to get everything right as yeah. an industry. Yes, yeah, true. Um, you know, regulation will help. They're clamping down. Um, you know, it'd be hard pressed. Like, there's there's two sides of it. There's kind of like self regulated organization mentality, which is now that like pu the public Twitter, which has been like super instrumental in in this whole um, you know unfolding in the crypto industry for like true and try tried and true source of information but twitter people different exchanges are holding each other accountable show me your reserve show me your collateral show me what you got there's probably mm. tons of traditional companies that are like you know operating fraudulently i, I mean the, just, I, I won't i won't go into the financial yeah, yeah. system it's <laughs> I, but i was gonna say essentially essentially this can happen yeah. to the u.s dollar 
In the case of some of these platforms, like Celsius is another company that went bankrupt. They did state that they're using their funds on the back end uh, to earn yield. So, you know, in in wow. in markets, there's no such thing as risk-free yield. Someone's holding the risk. Even Fox. when you buy a government bond, the like the the risk is um, you know sitting somewhere. Celsius was able to, in a very uh, you know tightly managed risk capacity earned yields at the beginning, then they had so many people that wanted that five, six, seven, eight percent um interest return, they had to go to riskier and riskier external places. The yeah. thing with FTX is that they didn't actually effectively state, kind of like they weren't able to use and reappropriate customers' funds in the way they did. That's the fraudulent that part. That was the part, yeah. But you know, in a way, again, those assets were controlled by someone else. You put them on another platform that's you trusting them which again, most people did. If you would have asked me, my general stance has always been don't trust centralized exchanges. I'm like, FTX is kind of too big to fail. Like, yeah, I would have yeah, put, you would have thought I would have that. put that's, some that's money on it. Like, if I had to give my reason, I, I don't keep money on exchanges, but I would have, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have advised someone against it. I'm like, yeah, if something happens, like you'll, you'll be fine. But, but I think it's, I think it's, I think it's like, and important for people to understand like that you made a very good point that like ultimately your money's in the bank, your money's on an exchange, your money's somewhere. It's not really Banks your are worse. money. Banks are way worse. Yeah. Banks are worse. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like, a, like a, a common thing I think about is like pensions. Yeah. Like dude, like the, like, you know, the, the teacher's pension of Ontario or whatever, like they're taking your money, they're investing it in whatever they believe you have no control what they're mm -hmm. investing in. And then, bro, if they lose the money, they lose it, and and a portion of your pension gets dumped. Where I mean, yeah. listen, they're probably not as risky in their investments. I would imagine. It's listen. It's interesting. I'll also it's all of these big like from from having lived outside of the whole financial ecosystem, yeah, um, and like the banking world. You, I used to think of banks as these like big, sophisticated, scary machines. Pensions as these like really you know, integrated, experienced, like, you know, organizations, a lot of these like things have, have a lot of points of failure because they come down to people. So yeah, exactly. yes, you could have the t the tightest team in a pension fund, but then you have one guy who wants to hit his bonus one year and he didn't deploy all of the capital. So he just signs a check to something without looking at it twice. And that project goes bust because he's like, oh, I have to deploy a hundred mil, like five mil, like, yeah. you know, it, it can come down to like something just, as, as simple human as that. and mundane as that, or like, you know, I have a budget to allocate into, you know, a charity initiative and whatever. There's, yeah. there's a variety of different components that come down to it. They're, they're primarily well-managed, scalable. There is oversight, there's corporate governance, um, especially, you know, in Canada, we have some of the biggest pensions in the world and they are sophisticated organizations, but, um, you know, it's, Anyone can lose, though. That's the reality anyone of it. Anyone can lose. Anybody always, can yeah. lose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's the big piece of it. And then speaking of anyone can lose, there's a right now. There's a huge loser. Who? There's a huge loser Which right one? now. We gotta talk about. Which one? Logan Paul. Oh. 
I'm not saying he's a loser at like like that. I mean, like he's a loser in the sense of like he lost. He's in a he's in a he lost his situation. Battle, yeah. He's he's had a really weird last couple of weeks. He went out. He got into like a shitty conversation about religion on his podcast with his, with his co-host George, and then that put him on a bad trajectory to the public. And then more recently, his fucking dino animal crypto thing, crypto zoo, crypto zoo. Dino, I don't know why I said dino. dino. You know what I mean? There's though. so many. That's probably yeah, one. That's I probably don't even one. Know, dude, I'm fucking Animal gorilla, there. dino. Yeah, that was out yeah. there somewhere. So, so crypto zoo. More recently, he's been taking like a ton. <laughs> he's just laughing. He's like, "You're such an idiot." I'm laughing because I almost did a dino NFT project. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So there you go. It sounded like something so I heard before. But more recently, yeah, I he's think been I was pitched dino. <laughs> See, there you go. You pitched it to him. <laughs> no, it wasn't him this time. But <laughs> so, so he's he's been he's taken a huge L in many different ways, but very specifically that project um so i want i want to hear your take on that project i don't know how much knowledge you have on that specific project but then just on the space as a whole as well with yeah. influencers yeah, involved yeah. and stuff yeah like but that. i, I want to know specifically with the logan paul thing what's what's your like take so, on it um i i haven't followed it like you know to the t so i'll, I'll give general thoughts that i sure you know, can can talk to um he started a project a year plus ago around the time, which was, you know, interesting. Again, what we were talking about, space was emerging. Everyone's looking for an opportunity to make money in Web3. He has, you know, a prevalent brand. He started to, he, he um, in his defense, he was one of the first guys that was serious about like, you know, Pokemon cards and collectibles and like. That's true. He That's did, true. He, he wasn't like someone that just like appeared out of nowhere, like, you know, some, some like, there was there was a bunch of rappers, there was a bunch of like Web three influencers, there was a bunch of OnlyFans girls that just like came in. How can I like leverage my audience yeah. to you know make a quick buck? Where I I never had any belief that those people would ever turn a real project around because I know what it takes. Yeah, um, just kind of true to the times. Like people were and and again a lot of influencers, YouTubers, people that got involved weren't necessarily like at the helm of it. It was their management in, in a lot of cases, they were just leveraging their audience. Um, in the case of, of Logan Paul's project, to my understanding, they, um, you know, kicked it off. They're working with some external developers. Um, there was a, uh, dispute that happened in the back end that basically they, he, he was leveraging his position, refusing to pay them. Um, the project basically never ended up being launched. The developers uh, held the code um, because they hadn't been paid. And then, you know, Logan really never, and, and his team, um, I can't say for sure, like who's, you know, the orchestrating force here, took in a lot of money, made a lot of promises, never really acted good on those. I think they kind of hid their head in the sand, so to speak, which is um, a bad, just like, they weren't the only ones. There's a lot of people that did that and that did hurt our industry a lot. For sure. Um, but, you know, being uh, one of the bigger influencers in the world, you kind of have, in my view, a responsibility in any case to always try and make right. Um, there was lack of communication. There wasn't a lot of like, you know, there, there wasn't good ethics to support what happened. Whoever was largely responsible, it's he said, she said. And, you know, it sounds like he's... Um, his team made some poor decisions around how to manage it and go forward. And their, their excuses sound like bullshit to me. Like, but I was gonna say, you seen the video, you seen the video, you seen the video of him shitting on uh, developers and this and that. This guy's a criminal. I'm like, but you hired him. No, like, you know what I mean? The, and the, deflecting. I'll, I'll 
I'll say that, you know, I, I know some of the actors involved there. Some of it was definitely, um, like false and enhanced and yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a deflection tactic, but again, who better? He's been in the media for controversial shit. He loves it. 20 times. He, he knows how to, Oh, but I over there. Yeah. Just juggle it, juggle it around. And so, yeah, I mean, I see that. I just think like the way I see it is, you know, project, no project, didn't pay this person, whatever. Like when you're that big, and you're getting involved with a business that is it's essentially childish, bro. It's childish. Yeah, it's like ex- you're you're acting ex- like a kid. Like exactly, exactly. Man up, you know. Even even SBF to, to, to all the <laughs> all the terrible decisions he made, and um, you know, very much so. Not a fan of of everything he did. The guy was, you know, I'm sorry, I messed up. I fucked up. I'm the CEO. Yeah. I fucked up. It's my responsibility. Yeah. Um, here's who I wronged, you know, didn't throw people under the bus aside from he pled not guilty recently and whatever. That's, well, I'm know, sure that's legal, legal stuff. That's legal yeah. shit. Um, there never seemed to be any of that in this case from Logan, which you expect better. You're a role model. Just own up to it, fix it. Like just the way you should be. Yeah. And move on. Yeah. I think there's, that. I think, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I just think that if you're that big, you've made that much money and this, this, whole project slash business is built off and your, he your brand. he cares about the space. Like, but that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. You, 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 he said all the things he said, which like, I like think he said, did mention, I'm going to bring it back. And the, but like, we'll yeah. see, we'll see. Like, yeah, he, but, but then yeah. coffee. So coffeezilla did the whole thing, which exposed him. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with coffeezilla. Yeah. So he's the one that did this whole investigation, exposed him, whatever. And yeah, he just kind of like w- was deflecting, and and again, like it's your brand. So if it's it's your business, you're backing it. Like yeah, you got. You know what's fucked too? Like the, the world we live in, like people will forget in six months. Uh, He's gonna sell they, something else. They they're gonna buy it. on that. They rely on that. Unfortunately, you don't think so? Yeah, look, he. I think he posted he sold out his energy drink like the next day. There you go. You know, he's already looking for it. The, the, the thing <laughs> is, is like you feel bad because you see all these people that invested. Like yeah, of course, but they have to also be smarter too with what they're doing. I believe uh, that as well. The thing is, is like he said, Logan was, I know, was, was a I young know. fans. Everybody and that invested. The way he well, maybe change your role model then. It's yeah. about eggs and. The, 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 the way, the way, like the way. Maybe get a new role model though. Okay. Wow, Just because true. he opens a deck of Pokemon cards doesn't mean he's going <laughs> to actually. I think the, the most important thing about a, a, an NFT project is, is that it goes live. No. Well, the first thing is, <laughs> the first thing is, is that it's got to go live. That's for sure. I'm, I'm curious. Do you, do you know anything about Metacard? Full sense Metacard? A little bit when I first came out and they had a concert and yeah, 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 feel yeah. free to, yeah. No, no, no. no. I was going to just <laughs> ask you like what, what your thoughts on it. Yeah. If, if you have any, if, if you know the, like, you know, the project. I, I, I heard about it when it came out, but I never dove, like, dove yeah. deep into it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I think they, they made well on their stuff. Like they, well, they, like, there's some events. They're still they going. They're, they're still going. They're still going. They're still going. Yeah. 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 Important. Right. Keep. Well, they have multiple brands that they can connect everyone to. Right. So something like the Metacard works for them. I just think, I think. They're one of the only ones that are still going. They're they're one of the only ones that has a full team still operating to like do good on what they've said they were gonna do. Now Listen, maybe so, some people are, and but as they should. The, yeah. Like, well, they actually care about their fan base. That's that's something else too. That's look look how strong their fan base is. They're, there you go. It makes sense. The they, you know, but that's because they actually like take that. care of them. I Rest wanted to ask you something though. If you were to start, let's say, your own project today. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you maybe didn't even have that much money to to do it. What would you be looking to do or, or what would you be looking to start? And what's the first things you're looking at? Like, what are the first hit points? You're like, these are the things that it has to be. I mean, I, 
the way I look at my, my business and my place in the space is I help accelerate companies all the time. Yes. So I'm, I'm like, my art is helping take businesses zero to one. Like I've done it a lot. And that includes how I assist with clients and, and friends projects and the stuff I get involved in. Um, I think again, you need commitment, you need, uh, you know, a strong team, you need experience, you need, um, you know, understanding and expertise. Like it's, yeah. it's really the tenements of like what makes a, a successful business. Yeah. There's a lot now that can be built in this space. I mean, there's, there's so many different subsets and verticals. There's decentralized finance applications. There's web three and metaverse applications. There's gaming applications. We've, we spoke about a whole different slew of, you know, um, of these verticals, there's financial services subsets. So I just think it's that it's like, you need to have a strong leader who's committed, um, who's building the team, you know, support the weaknesses. And is there strong, is there a way to go about a stronger project than another? Utility, I would say. Utility. It's always a utility. In web three, you need utility. Okay. hundred percent. You heard him. Make sure that shit's got utility. I think we got to get you a fucking (laughs) meeting with John or something just so you can fucking help push the and propel the project a little further. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot of uh, good, good fucking chemistry we could put together there. I've done that with a bunch of guys and over the last little bit, like people who want to restructure and take like, Hey, we built an audience. We built commitment. Um, I was an investor in, in a really cool brand called Pudgy Penguins. So they were one of the, you know, the early on top digital, uh, top NFT projects yeah um they they were being managed by some younger guys they were smart but a little inexperienced uh was approached by kind of the the founder of the team the sky luca nets he came in oh, wanted to damn i just got connected with that guy. i was gonna say yeah. sounds familiar yeah yeah luca he's, nets. he's great he's like basically had this idea to turn around pudgy buy it off um you know the previous owners and, and build this like world leading IP and brand rival Yuga labs, you know, get global distribution. Uh, and we've, you know, the, the team has worked incredibly hard, um, raising capital, like building IP, building brand distribution partnerships, uh, building utility. And it's been, you know, now it's one of the top traded volumes. We passed Clonex, we passed Moonbirds, like some of the other yeah. massive boys, projects yeah. in terms of like trading volume, floor price, et cetera. So, so should Logan Paul just call you right now? Like, is, does he need you to help him? No Can you get him out of this no or not? <laughs> you can't get him out of this one <laughs> or what? Like, nah, I'm not doing it. I gotta, now I, we're going to talk. Listen, fortunately, when you get to a certain stage in life, yeah. um, when you first start your business, you have to work with everyone. Like, like money's important. You get to a certain stage in life. Like, yeah, I don't want to work with you. Fuck you. You yeah, know, just, yeah, yeah. I'm not even trying to be yeah, connected no. to that. We spoke a bit off before, like about your health and and you as an entrepreneur and you taking that more serious as well. So maybe talk to us about mm. that. I saw the schedule you posted on your story. I was yeah. fucking intimidated by it, but I screenshot screenshot it. And I'm like, bro, this is something that I mean, if you do that every day, like you're gonna become a monster, god, god level. So talk to me about your like, just you going through that journey. I guess finding yourself and saying like, fuck, like damn, I got to take care of my health a bit more too. Yeah. I think this is one of the most important like themes in my life right now focuses for 2023. Um, you know, having that full, uh, you know, mind, body, soul and in connectivity is, is the most important thing. If you look at any, you know, any wealthy individual, billionaire, successful individual, what's the most important thing in their life health Yeah, at, at a certain point. True, um, true. and you know, you have to make sacrifices when you're building a company, even back to my previous point about like who you work with, you don't 
always have a choice. You get stressed out. You just, you need to like, it's like make or break. Yeah. But you get to a certain point when, you know, that changes. And I did, I'd have to, I had to work 18 hour days, 16 hour days, sleepless nights, late nights, you know, calls with China here, there, whatever it took. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had some, some hiccups. I had like a shoulder surgery and, and I let my health slide a little bit around that. And kind of just, you know, looked in the mirror one day, woke up and I'm like, all right, like it's time to um, really change this around. I want to focus. Had a pretty like organic journey where I started to look at like wellness practices, getting into um, just like cold and heat exposure is, is what started it for me uh, for stress management, like cardiorespiratory kind of capacity um, going to saunas, steam rooms a couple times a week, about an hour a week is like optimal, getting cold exposure. Uh, and when you start to do that, you build really like resilience, right? You're, you're challenging yourself like anything. Hey, like you, you think it's this big intimidating, people are scared to go into an ice bath. The first 30 seconds feels like death. Oh. And then you realize, wait, I can overcome this. It's mind over matter. You know, you get out, you feel amazing. You feel energized. You have a release of dopamine, um, you know, like adrenaline, your parasynthetic nervous system, and you start to learn like, you know, your fight or flight response, how to turn that into clean energy. Um, and now I would say that like off foundational building blocks, I've built towards a practice of recentering my life, my social media feeds, my like circle um, around like biohacking and, and really like wellness practices. So uh, the the routine that you you touched on now. I'm gonna read it all. By the way, I'm gonna read it <laughs> yeah, all. I have to. It, I have go to. For it. Um, really starts from like how to set off with the right intent in the morning, like little wins. Um, you know, building up that like resilience focus, and you just crush the day. Like I'm, I'm better than ever. Like I, I've I've accomplished a lot. Like you know, not in an arrogant way. I'm I'm fortunate. I'm 27 years old, and and I've had a lot of career success. But compared to how I'm operating now, I was at like 40% efficiency. Like my energy yeah. is 50, 70% higher. Like my sleep is more restful. Like I'm, I'm like optimizing myself. And once you get a taste of that, it's like- It's addicting. You never want to go back. And, yeah. and the biggest thing that I've realized is how wrong mainstream media, traditional nutrition- yep, yep. And how much poison there is like out there in the world, everything from like fluoride and tap water and, you know, heavy metals to like what is put in your food in the grocery stores and how bad that is for you that when you truly get over the other side of it, like, you know, it's a whole different ballgame. You realize there is a matrix out there. And totally. now, now I'm yeah. out of it. Yeah. You, you escape. <laughs> no, that wellness, like even like meditating and stuff like that will, will definitely change the way that you uh, change your perspective on life, to be honest, and, yeah. and your awareness. I was talking to him about the cold tub stuff because I went to other ship the other day yeah. um, for the first time and I did the sauna cold plunge and the 30s, bro, the first 30 seconds, man, I was looking at the guide. I was like, I was about to just like elbow her and I was like, I can't do this. Um, and then Kane was in there for, I did two minutes. They say two minutes and then mm -hmm. like you for get all the benefits, benefit, right? Yeah. Kane was in there for six minutes, I think just chilling. But um, yeah, I, I was like, it. It's one of those things. It's 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 not so much even the the benefits you get from it. It's the realization that oh my god, I just did that. It's both. Listen, yeah. I, I do it every single day. I used to be groggy in the morning, brain fog. Like I was usually stimulated at night. If you would have asked me, you're a nighttime I'm a night guy. Person. I'm yeah. a night person always. Like I'm in the office 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and every morning I'd wake up, my brain's foggy. Getting into the cold exposure and just like 
building that skill set, yeah, it helps my breath work. Now every morning I'm like cold shower, I'm alert, I'm ready to go and focus by like mm. six thirty in the morning. You know, I got my game face on, I know what I'm I wanna do, like my day set, there's no wasted time, like, you know, straight to it. Yeah. I gotta ready, hear this. Ready, I gotta hear this? This? Yeah, right. fuck me up right now. <laughs> oh six AM alarm. Okay. So you're up. Ooh. No screen time for one hour. Nice. And we drink a glass of water. Keep Beautiful. it next to the bed. There you go. Red light therapy for 10 minutes plus meditate the goals for the day. Like this, the red light is something I want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, did you just buy them and you just have them at your place and you just. That's it's mostly for winter. Like okay. sunshine is. That's what you need you know, it for, right? Is key, obviously. I would it's go great here. Sun, it's great here at all we're, times. We're in a sock for, for five months. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, sorry, red light therapy. Meditate the goals for the day and walk through the upcoming schedule in your mind, which I love that. You're just manifesting your own day. Um, make your bed, drink AG1. Uh, which I think is a supplement you take and take morning sups. So, so far, so good. We get to 7, 8 a.m., 7 to 8 a.m., workout. Um, And then you have the breakdown in the workouts, five days cardio, four days uh, resistance. Cold shower for one to three minutes after that. Huge. Take your morning focus sups. And then 8.30 to 10, two at-home 45-minute windows for hardest tasks of the day. That's yeah, it. I think you could that's, stop there. That's the most important thing. Yo, that's, 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 the, important. that's like priorities right there, yeah. right? And then, and then like, you go on, but like, that's, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a really productive, the, I think, 12 hours. A, very big, a, big, a big part of it is, like you said, the, the most important tasks portion. Yeah. Right is away, like, boom. If, you, if you nail that shit right in the morning... Like as soon as you've finished your kind of routine, well, then you're you go right like, into it. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. mental priming. Yeah, like yeah. This, yes. this whole thing is to build like, like even the little things like make my bed. It's no, but it's, that's habit. It's like building a habit. It's building a win that you know I accomplish something and and like you build off the momentum, right? When you yeah. when you do a cold shower, you get out of the cold shower. You're ready to conquer the day. Like you don't go back to bed. You don't eat no, a shit meal. No, you can't. Meal. You can't. It's the same thing with working out in the morning. Like you smash a workout, you're going to eat healthier. You're going to be more alert. You're going to be more focused. You're more present. Um, you know, you're you're centered. Like if I can smash that, like basically until 10:30, I typically do it fasted. Um, so I'm also focused. Like yeah, you're, you're flying at that point. Yeah, I, I've done more by 10:30 than 98 percent yeah. of the world does in their entire day. And that gets you going. That's everything, enough. <laughs> everything after that is a bonus. Like if I want to like, you know, focus on, on personal brand development, like creative pursuits, which is a big part of my like work in this year. It's all just, you know, extra from there. I've smashed what I need to. If you do one important thing every day, you're going to make progress. And, mm-hmm. and something that I, that gets asked of me a lot is like, how did, and you, you even kind of preface it on this. How did you build a business? Like, how did you get into knowing how to start this, it's complicated. It really is like step-by-step, step, right? Like if, I, if someone told me I had to build a house, I'm not an engineer, I'm not an architect, I don't really know anything about building a house. You know what I do? The first thing, I dig a hole. Dig a hole, yeah. yeah. Right? I yeah. start to lay it's a true. brick. Eventually, you step back, you have a wall. You know, you, then you look, you have four walls, you have a foundation. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, you never really know what you're gonna set out to do, but you accomplish one important thing, you build progress, you build momentum. It's just like, then, then eventually you look back and you're like, well, shit, like this is actually, I can live in here. Yeah. 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 We always say that, like, even if, like there's days where you're going to accomplish 20 important things and there's days where you're going to even just get one. But as long as you just got one, like you've, you've had a positive day. I think that's, that's the thing people stress out about. Cause they're like, 
oh, I need to do 20 things today. And it's like, and, and then and then you spend so much time stressing on these 20 things, you get nothing done. They get nothing done and then yeah. there's no progress. And now you've had, a, you've had a negative day rather than mm -hmm. a positive one in terms of your growth, right? So yeah, I agree with you. But that's I, it. It's, it's daily progress yeah. is leading to compounding results. Yeah. Like anyone you look at, once, once you adopt a growth mentality as an individual, you're reinventing yourself every single day of yes. your life. Facts. It's like, you're a new person, right? I, I don't look back and see myself as the same person a year ago as I am today. I like principally stronger, better, more mature. Because I have a growth mindset, I'm going out there and I'm seeking growth opportunities. I'm seeking uncomfort. That's like really how to continue to like, also it's fun, you know? Yeah, like yeah, there's, absolutely. There's challenges, it's stuff happens. You also just got to start. Like you said, if it was a house, dig a hole. That's the first thing. A lot of people don't even start. Yeah, because because they're, I'm saying they're too worried about doing 20 things at the yeah, beginning yeah. that like they don't even get one done, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I think that that's the big key. But damn, that's fucking yeah. That's a our audience a probably hectic. gonna have to Google half the words that you said, but it's okay. It's okay. We're good. We're, we're, get, we're good getting we're pot. getting them fucking learning. That's, that's the point. That's the point of this. Uh, wow. I mean, I'm sure. How about Dean, you got any questions, bro? This I was guy's got gonna, all the answers here. I was gonna say, what do you think? Logan's going to be like in terms of legal <laughs> trouble. You think he's going to get in legal trouble for what he's done or uh, slander or the other stuff, obviously the original listen, issue. The regulators could choose to go after scapegoats that aren't always, you know, like technically there's hundreds of influencers and actors that I think broke the law that could, you know, get sued, the indicted, go to jail, whatever. Yeah. Um, if they choose to make an example out of him, they very well can. You think anybody's going to sue him though, like for slander or anything in like civil court? Yeah, you come at people, they typically come back. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially, uh, you know, you ruin reputations by the things you say. Right. Especially in a public format. It's like, the way he did, doesn't yeah. need to be the way to do it. Like, you know, hey guys, I'm dealing with some stuff in the background. I'm sorry. Uh, some things weren't under my control. No, his um, ego, his ego, whatever. You know, I dealt with some people. I'm dealing with them legally. Boom. Okay. You know, at least you're not like. Yeah. I could never picture him doing that. Yeah. Do you think. Uh, he would never do Very that. childish what yeah. he did in the, the videos. Absolutely. Very childish. Yeah. Do you think. Uh, do you think Sam. Sammy boy. Sammy is boy. See prison or what? Sammy boy is going to see prison. Yeah. <laughs> like. We're going to see an FTX 2.0 or not? We're going to get the picture of him just behind bars. With the oh, fucking... I'm getting that on a t-shirt. hundred percent. There we go. Like, get one of those. Um. Listen, there there are some powers at B that that are in like I've heard and involved here, and there's some pretty well. serious conspiracy theories. I have like some deep ones that have some like really interesting facts. You can give it to us if you want. You can give us your theories. I mean, listen, <laughs> wasn't his mom like involved with the Democratic Party and by donating Dean, to Biden? Dean, relax, Dean, <laughs> relax, take it easy, bro. Dean, you're listen, I'm trying to get, I'm here. trying to get your channel taken I, away, boy. It's real for us, bro. I will say just in a public format, like a lot of these actors are like, Paid. in my net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, there, there's a lot of conspiracies out there. How money was siphoned, where it went, uh, to who it went, the way things were treated. You know, guy said he was broke, $250 million bail. You obviously probably need like 10% of that. Comes from his family. Where was that siphoned? How were properties bought? Um, you know, at the end of the day, like, you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to really realize that, you know, there's 100 people that control the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of those people are possibly implicated here in, in one way or another. So, you know, what happens to regular people? Like, what I will say is that 
the way mainstream media depicted the events of the FTX Sega totally blew my mind. Like I, I've always been a believer in like sourcing my own information, finding my own like, you know, credible information sources, doing research when I hear something of like, that's it's been a big part of my life and like my opinion set. Um, doesn't matter, every political conflict, every, you know, like general conflict. Um, in this case, having known the actors, the details, intimately following things, like closer than I've ever followed something because it impacted my business and life. What was depicted in mainstream media in major publications, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, Fox, every, everyone, compared to what actually was going on behind the scenes, New York Times, every like so many groups, was backwards, broken, not factual, yeah. um, you know, not backed up by data, and and it was so clear who was paid, who was not. Um, you know, there's there's spokespeople that were implicated that like have come out after the fact. Um, you know, taking I guess money to to speak positively about things that you know their opinions didn't make any sense at the time, and then you find out after they're paid. Like, there's it's it's. It's a convoluted story. You're dealing with billions of dollars. It's the largest financial fraud in history. It's one of the largest lost funds and, you know, bankruptcy cases in history. Wow. It's at a really relevant, prevalent time with, you know, fake news, media, fake, you know, just where like politics is in a bit of a state of disarray. So it's interesting. I You're like, making uh, too much yeah. sense, bro. You're but making like, too much sense but over I, here. I like, I like how you call them actors. That that part fucking kills me. Well, they There's are, a lot dude. of actors. I'm like, there is, dude. Like literally, they're all. Everyone's a. And fucking they all getting paid. They all getting paid. That's crazy. Yep. Fuck, man. Yeah, uh, it's hard to know who's really themselves. People forget who themselves are. I think uh, Jim Carrey. I forget the exact quote, but he has something. He's like that. Like he the. Jim Carrey that he was playing in real life like became an actor at some point. It's like I couldn't differentiate even, yeah. who I was between a movie character or my own, you know. Yeah, well, I think even character. going back to it on working on yourself and working on what, let's say, your spirit or, or your inner self, you are more aware of what's going on around. You have to take yeah, a step back. 100%. You have to reflect. You have to be able to really distance yourself. You'll from think twice about things. Hustle and bustle, the noise. Like, I, I think if there's one thing that money does and like relevant to, the, I guess, the name of this podcast, you know, um, money buys happiness, money buys freedom. Money also helps you like align with your, you know, true self and intent because it lets you just be true to yourself um, in a lot of different ways. It has for me, yeah. like, you know, accomplishing my financial goals at a young age. I really get to look at where do I want to focus my time and attention by removing money from the equation? What is my purpose, you know, in the world? where you know i have all this time like who do i want to spend it with i don't need to impress i don't need to hang out with you because i i need your things or i want to you know kiss ass or, or suck up like it just it's allowed me to and, and maybe that's also just just part of the way the world shifted yeah. and covid and my experience of it but mm -hmm. important yeah well i don't have to ask you the question anymore because you pretty much answered <laughs> it but uh i agree like obviously um when it comes to actors and then knowing who you are and all that stuff it, Money just emphasizes who you were before you had the money. So if you were a prick without yeah. money, you're just yeah. a, a, a bigger prick with more money. If you were a fucking a beauty who was super generous before you had money, you're just a bigger beauty with more money to be generous with. Yeah. That That's the way I see it. I don't think people, people don't change. Yeah. They actually just accentuate even more of who I they do. are, right? And, and in terms of being self-aware and stuff, we've, we've talked about it all the time. People are... 
that's that's one that's one of the I think one of the biggest issues today. We just people in general. Because I think social media has played a negative role in this, but people are not self aware. They're not. They're they, they, they're they, not aware of anything almost. No, but but especially yeah, that don't too, even but, get me started. But they're right but they're but the <laughs> self awareness is something that people are lacking. They're, yeah, they're pretending to be somebody. They're just actors. You just got a no, bunch but of when I, even when bunch aware of fucking of, actors just running around. But it's eh? like aw- awareness is being like okay. Yeah, I, social media is the worst part of it because people are like they accentuate you know a version of themselves. The good parts portray, of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but sometimes they're accentuated but, not even the good parts. But if you have self-awareness and you have a conversation with someone and they tell you something that, you know, you're skeptical of, you'll be aware of that. Whereas like half the people on this earth right now are literally in their own bubble and you tell them something and it goes in there and it comes out the other <laughs> side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't even go in it there. Yeah, just, yeah. 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 They're, they're actually out. looking at their phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, no, 100%. Damn, bro. Dean, where, anyways, where are we at, Dean? Uh, we're hitting a hun- uh, an hour and a half. Hundred hours? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> We're almost at a hundred hours. Feels no, like man. No. Um, where can everyone find you? I'm sure people are gonna have questions for you. Um, so yeah, let yeah. them know. We'll drop the links. Everything. Yeah, I'd say Instagram is is best for me personally. Um, Zach Fried, Zach D Friedman. Yep. At Zach D Friedman on Instagram. We'll Download. Um, yeah. And uh, on Twitter, Z Crypto Kid. Part of the New Year's yeah. resolution is gonna be dropping more knowledge. I don't, uh, you know, I haven't been publishing. Part of that. Part of the end of that routine there is. You know, daily posts on on LinkedIn and Twitter yeah. a little bit more. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach I'll out. Catch you on Twitter, bro. I'm trying, to, I'm yeah. trying to tweet some more too. Yeah, yeah no, I'm trying to up the game. You know yeah, what? You Instagram, Instagram's been great. I think I've been able to, you know, put out a lot of knowledge to people who who look at that platform for something else, and yeah. that's why it's resonated with people. I get like some pretty amazing engagement now because I'll post about again like crypto conflicts, yeah. like summary yeah. of economic events every now and then, and you know, it's not always what people are on instagram for but um you know i spend a little too much time looking at the wrong things so. <laughs> yeah we all do bro. i think no, no, we all no. do 100 um, oh yeah congrats on sure. the new office by the way as well we're gonna come by we gotta come yeah by. yes gotta, gotta get a couple segways for the boys yeah yeah but <laughs> this guy's just flying around his office on a segway so that's the joke um other than that yeah no dude seriously it's been an absolute pleasure i've learned so legend, much in bro. this i've learned more in this in this fucking hour and 30 minute convo than like the last three years of crypto. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> salute. Yeah. Salute, salute to that. that. Once again, appreciate Cheers. it, bro. Congratulations on all Cheers, your success. Thanks, and hopefully appreciate you get a fucking a hundred more years of that type of success. And on that note, yes, if you guys made it this far, we love you. You know what to do. Like subscribe, do the fucking duties. Let me know. Yo, aunt, aunt, whatever. DM me, send me a fucking message, <laughs> figure it out and get to me. All right. And on that note, Dean, We out.